Speaker of the House Tim Moore, I'm sorry to subject you to that, um, but uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm just visualizing this really large bong in Asheville all of a sudden that, you, uh, that yeah. you were talking about there. Well, I mean, I had some ideas when they were tearing down the Vance Monument, and you know, because it was expensive. And so I said, well, as long as it's there, you might as well just like... How about reuse it, you know? Just why tear it down if you can reuse it? I had another idea. Like, you know, they're always out there with the, the cardboard signs. They're, it's, it's not environmentally friendly. So I said, how about we erect a big whiteboard or blackboard or whatever? Like, I'm not trying to ascribe any kind of color to the board, but a big board where people could just write messages for whatever their daily protests were about. You know, that's environmentally responsible, but I'll tell you this. I think that I think that whoever designed the interchange at 485 and 85 <laughs> had, that, had that giant bong before it ever got put up. In that. It's true. It's true. It is awful. Yeah, that the whole yeah everything about that malfunction junction is just awful. Well, I will say this: their inability uh, to decide on. Uh, the road funding they, and the refusal for like the, the far left progressives, they didn't even want the road to be expanded or fixed because that meant more gasoline would be used and they didn't want that. And so they dragged their feet for so long that Charlotte got its beltway, its outer loop uh, fixed. <laughs> we got extra money for it. So, uh, you know, you know, win some, lose some. Um, anyway, so what's going on? You're uh, you're on the road. It sounds like I appreciate you, uh, you, you uh, making some time for us today. I did want to ask you about the. Uh, uh, the candidate filing that was on, then off, then back on again. <laughs> and so uh, I am curious, the GOP put out a statement, and I don't know if you have any information about this or not, but uh, Darren Jackson, one of your former colleagues, Democrat in the House, he's now on the Court of Appeals. Was he involved in the first decision that you're aware of? Uh, I, my understand. My understanding is that he was on the oh. uh, panel that made that decision. So yes, that's what I understand. Oh my goodness! I mean, it's not terribly surprising, but kind of, I don't know, disappointing. I I don't know why. <laughs> my few interactions with him well, on social media it should not surprise me. But you interacted with him in a great deal in in the house. Was that surprising that he came down that way uh, on that rule on this uh, redistricting lawsuit? No, no, it, it wasn't surprising. I would, I would have expected him to vote it that way. Just generally, his position that he had always taken, opposing the maps that that Republicans drew. And I think the problem is with many of the judges ultimately is that they have they're wanting to put their personal political beliefs uh, as the guiding criteria on their decisions. But that's not what the court is supposed to do. The Constitution gives the legislature the authority and the responsibility of redrawing the districts. And the judges should only weigh in insofar as uh, there's any kind of legitimate constitutional challenge to it. And we have been very consistent and followed the law. Uh, We've not engaged in gerrymandering. We've not drawn these crazy districts like the Democrats drew when they were last in power. We did it in an open and transparent process, which, by the way, is not something we were required to do, but we did. And, and frankly, the court should defer to the Constitution and to the legislature to make these decisions and not try to supplant its judgment for that of the body that's constitutionally chosen to do it. I mean, think about it. What would be the difference between you know, litigants having a case before the Supreme Court 
And the legislature said, no, 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 you guys got it wrong. We think we're going to decide this and weigh in and do something. And it, it, the old, I guess the old adage, you know, stay in your lane. Yeah. Uh, kind of what checks and balances are. And we've got some activist judges that whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's voter ID, whether it's redistricting, whether in some cases taxing and spending that just want to try to take all the power. And it's absolutely ridiculous. But the court has uh, the full the full court of appeals did set aside what the uh, three judge uh, appellate panel initially did. And so filing has resumed. So hopefully that will continue and, and will go unabated. But we also know there's a petition before the state Supreme Court. But, you know, who knows? Right. Yeah, I, I expect them to appeal this. And I um, well, I can ask you. Where do you, do you have any update, or where do you stand on the uh, the attempt to recuse or force the recusal of the Supreme Court Justice uh, Phil Berger Jr. because his dad is a named uh, defendant because he's the uh, Senate President Pro Tem? Is that uh, does that is that have any traction? Well, it certainly shouldn't, and, and for him to have to recuse. And I'll say this: there were some arguing that that. that Judge Jackson, who was just formally in the state house, should have recused. I actually disagree. I don't think he had a responsibility to have to recuse on the case, and I don't think that Justice Berger or Justice Baring or either one mm-hmm. need to rec- need to recuse on these cases. Uh, what's been interestingly is though that Anita Earls, who's a chief, who's a justice on the court, uh, was actually an attorney for the same plaintiffs in some of these cases who sued the state over the previous maps. Uh, so I, I certainly think it's uh, ridiculous to try to force those two justices to recuse who had no personal stake in this whatsoever. They were just, uh, you know, one was in the legislature, one has a family member who's in the legislature, but that's not an inherent conflict. And frankly, regardless of what happened to the maps, I don't think anything would affect uh, Senator Berger's district anyway. Yeah. So what of the... Um the the previous ruling, I think I was reading. Oh yeah, it was in Governor Cooper and the Attorney General Josh Stein's in their. Uh, is it a is it a me uh, amicus brief or amicus brief? How amicus you, brief. You, yeah. See, I say amicus as well. I, my my wife's a paralegal. She says amicus, and I I, I don't like the way it's. You know, it's it's either it's either way. Was it tomato tomato? All right. Let's call the whole thing off. Anyway, no, it's amicus amicus. It's however you want to say it. Well, okay. So uh, it's, it's I will tell my wife that, that. It's not a word that we probably normally use on a day-to-day. <laughs> you know, you're not going down the street and go, hey, what's my amicus up to, right? No, you don't do that. So, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but what it means is it means friend of the court. Uh, it's where a person who is not a party to the case uh, files something saying, hey, while we're not litigants or parties, we want to have some say-so in this litigation. And so uh, the legislature will regularly file amicus briefs on cases. In this case, of course, the governor and the attorney general have filed uh, amicus briefs, and that's fine for them to file it. But, you know, what's really good is it allows the voters to know where they stand on these issues, particularly when it comes to them opposing things like voter ID that 61% of the people right. to the polls and amended the Constitution. So they say in their, in their brief, their amicus brief, that, um, that because the General Assembly did not appeal one of the early or two of the earlier rulings, they they cite Harper v. Lewis is one of them, and then another case. They say that um, they never got this didn't get to the Supreme Court. Whether partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional, the outcome left the General Assembly free to enact new gerrymanders in the future. The General Assembly has now done just that. Um, so was this sort of the was this the objective at that time? 
like that leave it un uh, leave it undecided so the maps could be drawn and then relitigate everything and, and like and if that's the case then i guess everybody should have expected the democratic party to sue over whatever maps you guys drew well they were already talking about sue us before we even filed the first map yeah i mean they were remember they were talking about they actually had one uh, uh, group that sued us before we ever even passed the maps I mean, can you imagine that? You're going down the road, you're thinking, hey, that car up there looks like they might run into me one day. I'm going to go ahead and sue them. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what these guys did. And, it, and it's, it's laughable. And so, uh, but, but the case that's before the Supreme Court, and, and let me go to the amicus argument, it is correct that the, um, the previous courts never did rule on this issue uh, in, the, in the most recent litigation, because, and, and so they didn't rule. Hmm. And if you look at the previous rulings for decades, in fact, centuries, if you will, the courts have never struck down uh, using party as a basis for drawing districts. But, you know, what we did voluntarily this year was we did not take partisanship into account, even though we believe we could have. So I don't know where they're where they're coming from on these things. It's mm-hmm. just... Uh, like I said, I guess when you've got no real argument, you just make something up. Yeah. Well, it's the old pound the table, right, um, uh, argument. And, yeah, so that you, you're supposed to use race except when you're not supposed to use race, and you're supposed to use partisan identification except when you're not supposed to use it. I think that's the standard you guys are uh, supposed to draw by. Pretty clear. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's something really concrete to uh, base laws on it. That's right. Uh, Speaker of the House Tim Moore, thanks so much uh, for calling. I do appreciate it, and uh, safe travels to you, sir. And uh, look forward to talking with you again. Hey, Pete, great to be with you. And I'm gonna wait to see what you what kind of outdoor yard art you have there for that first uh, first section. Well, you know, once I there's there are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. That's what I say. No, they're no bad. They're just ideas. Right, exactly. You know the way you're talking, <laughs> Pete, I don't know. I see I see a future for you as a Democratic judge. Just a minute. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Speaker Moore, thanks so much, sir. Take care. Thank, All right. Thank you.